Welcome to Blast the Airwaves with Blast Intermediate Unit 17. Here at Blast Intermediate Unit 17, we strive to transform lives and communities through educational services. On this podcast, we will provide you with educational solutions for all, no matter the learning environment. So teachers, administrators, caregivers, what are you waiting for? What would happen if we started questioning what if? What if we had a positive perspective on education? What if we flipped the switch on education? What if we were the solution? Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Amy Pardee, special education teacher here with Blast Intermediate Unit 17. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss educational solutions for all. Specifically, we're going to be discussing student engagement in all learning environments. So why don't we get started? I I always start out the episodes when we have guests on about telling us a little bit about yourself and and perhaps what your average day looks like for you professionally. Well, thank you, Rebecca. Um, I've been working for the IU for my entire teaching career so far. I spent four years teaching high school English and social studies at the South Academy, and this is my third year teaching math and science at Lossaquick. Um, I did my undergrad at Lock Haven University for my special education and secondary ed social studies degree, and I earned my master's in instructional technology uh, from Wilkes University. So we have a great team here at Lossaquick. We have three U- three IU employees staffing the school. So we start off the day with, you know, taking our temperatures. So this is a really new, new educational concept here. (laughs) Right, for sure. Um, I guess that's it about me. Um, Yeah, no, that's, that's wonderful. Um, That's awesome that you've been part of the Blast Intermediate Unit 17 for your whole career. Um, I know you know, I just recently started, I'm going on year two, so I'm loving it so far, but it's nice to, to connect with people that have been there for um, some time. So let's talk about engagement. In our previous episodes, we've discussed how we define engagement. How would you define engagement? Um, well, to me, student engagement is not just keeping the students, you know, entertained and, and paying attention to what I'm saying or doing, which is important and I certainly hope that they're you know paying attention and I try to keep that but actually getting them to be really interested in in what's going on and be invested in the process um, I mean I think that knowing my students you know their preferences their hobbies and using that relevant information in the lesson I tie it to the material it's very useful in keeping the students engaged they also need to know, you know, why the material is important. I get that all the time. Why do we have to know this? And, and rather than shut the child down, because I've seen that happen, tell them why, you know, link, link, link to something that is relevant. You need this information because, and then entertain that. Don't just shut them down. They have a lot of questions and it often causes us to go deeper into the material. I, you know, this, it sort of leads into the second part of this question of what do you think is the key to engaging students in learning? And I know for me, when I was in the classroom um, and what we talk about on this podcast is that why is so important. And even more now with um, 
like how we're redefining education, you know, what makes a kid, if we're in a remote learning environment, what makes a kid, a student sign on? Well, they have to be invested and engaged in their own learning and, and knowing the why is a big part of that. But for you, what, what do you think is the key to engaging students? Well, and this is challenging to do when, you know, in the eventuality that some of these, you know, classrooms go remote and then we're back and then we're, you know, how it's been very challenging since last year. Um, but when we are in class, we do a lot of hands-on activities, especially in science. I believe in learning by doing, um, which mm -hmm. I said was very challenging last year when everyone shut down the school and I had things in the classroom. So we were still able to do some hands-on things. I had brought home a model of the solar system and I had left the models and all the materials out, like, you know, in their classroom because in our facility, the children were allowed to go to the classroom and I zoomed in. So it, it was okay. different uh, for my situation. So I was able to do the activity over Zoom and then they could see what I was doing. <laughs> and so they were still managing to do hands-on things. So that was, that was still pretty neat that we could do that. Um, in my classroom, we have an aeroponic tower garden. So the students use that to germinate seeds. And when the seedlings are big enough, we stick them in the tower and they grow. And, and last year, um, you know, we sampled quite a few of those things. And some of the students were like, what's kale? <laughs> Why don't you taste it and find out? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. You know, some kids liked it, but um, no, they had a good time with that. Um, that's yeah. awesome. That sounds fun. Like, I just want to be in your classroom. That's awesome. Um, so when I'm planning professional learning, I continually tell myself, let the task choose the tool, not the tool choose the task. And everyone on this podcast has heard me say this line before. And in my trainings, I say it. And as a teacher, I said it. What does that line mean for you? Well, honestly, I had to really think about that. So <laughs> because your your yeah. viewpoint, you know, as a, as a tech guru is a little different than mine. So I thought, well, as a teacher, what does that mean for me? So I think that yeah, if you let the tool choose the task, then you're limited to only what is in front of you. And sometimes classroom teachers are limited in resources. So if we only use what we think we have or what we've always used, I think that we'll fall into these uh, predictable patterns of teaching, which can be very stale to our students. And it's not very challenging to us professionally, honestly. But if we let the task choose the tool, it kind of forces us to be more creative and to consider new options that aren't limited to only the tools in front of us and to think of the best way to present the information that will hold the student's interest and cause them to remember it. That's an amazing answer, Amy. Um, I swear, guys, listeners, we did not plan this, but it, it goes exactly with what you know we've been talking about is, you know, don't just do the flashy and the new and choose that new tool and then define the task by it. Use what you have in front of you, your task, and then what can you use to best deliver your learning mm -hmm. objectives um, through the world. So yeah, great answer, Amy. And I, I love that perspective that you bring. Thanks. We always you know, have some questions in the field and it's, it's about that time. Right now, there are so many programs out there, so many tools. And in our, our distance learning playbook with Fisher, Fry, and Hattie, they talk about that the students need a tool to find information, use information, create information, and share information. And we've discussed this, this previously. But for you, what are your go-to tools in your classroom that you like to use? Well, here again, um, it's a little different for us. 
And I know everyone's looking for the hottest tech tips and, you know, what are the best apps and these kind of things. But in our facility, our students are restricted in what they're permitted to access online. And they are unable to share or post anything online. So that presents challenges and frustrations for us as, as well as them. <laughs> so they don't have free reign to use a lot of those cool new apps out there. So it's up to us to access this technology and bring it to them, you know, through the instruction. So I use Discovery Education a lot, uh, YouTube or TeacherTube, many different websites to assist, you know, in presenting the information, whatever I can find, really. I'm not limited. If I someone says, hey, this is a great resource, you know, I'll go check that out, too. Always be on the hunt for something, you know, that, that will help those kids learn. Um, we, we use Study Island just as a skill builder for math and ELA, because that's just a great, you know, benchmarking the those anchors, all that stuff. It's all standards aligned. So that's a nice fallback that you don't have to worry about that being standards aligned because it is. Um, Scholastic has a great website too. And we get a lot of Scholastic educational magazines. So within that, they have like a Jeopardy style game where you can use all the information. The kids love doing that. Also, I have That's awesome. a uh, Google Expeditions virtual reality cart. And this has got to be a favorite for staff and students. <laughs> the students love going on virtual <laughs> field trips. So like I've taken them to the Great Wall of China, to the Great Barrier Reef, Niagara Falls, Mount Rushmore, um, even inside an animal cell. So that's fun. And we can even tour colleges, which is really nice for the career ed piece that's, you know, happened this past couple of years. So it's a really fun way for them to experience these places that they may otherwise never see. And, you know, to enhance that content for social studies and science and you know, Mr. Tom is doing a whole unit on the Revolutionary War. So we can show them, you know, hey, this is Ben Franklin's house. And hey, this is Constitution Hall. It's right here, you know, so they can be in that environment. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I I think the more, you know, yes, as educators, we like the new, we like the, the exciting tech tools. But sometimes when we ground ourselves in what is working and what's been around, I think that's really useful. And I agree that the virtual expeditions, they're always the hottest in our lending library, yes. the hottest item. Um, we just expanded. We got another one. So we have three in our lending nice. library. Um, nice to have one right in house. That's great. So it's going to be time for our my favorite part, um, our blast five. So we're going to blast you with five random questions for you to quickly answer. Okay. And these can be professional or personal. We like to give our listeners like a little personal feel as well. Okay. So our your favorite app or website right now? YouTube. There we go. Favorite strategy? Uh, using humor to engage my students. Love that. Nice. Favorite read? Uh, anything by Oscar Wilde. Ooh. Favorite self-care activity? Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> me too right now. Favorite dance? Uh, I don't dance per se, but anything I can do that embarrasses my children in public that I'm all about. Any any dance. I have, <laughs> I have actually flossed in public. It was embarrassing. It was great. So, yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. That is great. Well, Amy, this has been a blast. That's no pun intended. But again, thank you for taking some time today to blast the airwaves with us and our listeners. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And let's talk again soon. All right. Thank you so much, Rebecca.
We would like to thank you for blasting the airwaves with us today. If you like the show, please subscribe or leave a review. If you want to know more, check out www.iu17.org for further resources and show notes. As always, we want to thank you for what you do every single day. Remember, keep shining. We'll be back next episode to provide you another educational solution for all as we continue to transform lives and communities through educational services.